For those of you thinking of actually starting a podcast, Anchor might just be the thing for you. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's basically the easiest way to make a podcast. Just give me a second. Let me explain a little bit. First off, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't have to be super savvy with editing software. God knows I'm not. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's huge. We love that. Also, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Why do you think we use it? All right. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Dairy Isle. It is I, your one and only bearded host, Eli. Really happy you guys are back. Uh, I'm sorry for the delay. We were having some technical issues. It turns out that our producer almost turned her computer into a frisbee. So we're going to look into fixing that and seeing if we can prevent any further technological violence in this household. Um, and at least that way we'll have something to record on. Otherwise, I, I'm going to have to either develop the powers of telepathy or... A very intricate series of messenger pigeons, perhaps. They'll all be named Steve, so you'll never know who's who. Anyways, for those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, hello, my name is Eli. As I mentioned earlier, I'm your lovely bearded host. Uh, if you've never listened to a single episode of The Dairy Isle, you're probably sort of confused, which is okay. That's how most of our listeners feel all the time. Uh, this podcast is kind of just a mixed bag. Um, I can talk about anything I want, and I oftentimes do. Uh, if you listen to some of our older episodes, which you can do that right now if you'd like, you can pause. I'll give you a moment. Here we go. Ready? Did you hear it? That was your moment. You could have paused right there, and then you can go back to listen to other episodes. Uh, if you do that, you'll hear uh, myself and my old co-host, James, and we had a absolutely fantastic time uh, doing the Dairy Isle when he was around. You might notice that those episodes were probably a little bit more constructed. Uh, they had more of a, um, I don't want to say a rhythm, but they had an actual, like a like a framework to them. That's not to say that some of these episodes won't, but m because I'm doing this solo now, some of the episodes are probably going to be a little bit more natural. It'll be a lot more of me just talking about random stuff that I want to talk about. But we are going to have structured episodes, so you know, look out for those. Uh, but yeah, I talk about anything I want. There are some subjects I tend to stay away from uh, just because, you know, we get enough of that kind of crap day to day when we're listening to the news or people at work talking about it. So I I'd like to make this sort of like a, a happy, safe space where you don't have to hear about all that other all that other crap. However, if you are a returning guest, hello and welcome back. Today's episode is going to be a short one. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it short but sweet for you. So we're only going to touch on a few subjects, uh, nothing really too intense, but some of it is actually kind of fun. Uh, before we get started, though, wanted to let you guys know that we're adding a new feature to the end of the show, okay? I'm going to tell you all about it later, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy it because it's also going to allow us to get into some uh, 
some more listener interaction, I would hope, uh, through the Instagram, if not through possible, I mean, possibly Facebook. But we'll play around with it. We'll see what you guys think. Anyways, coming up next is going to be 10 items or less. All right, see you guys in a second. All right. And it's now time for 10 items or less. Uh, so for those of you, again, who are first-time listeners, this is just kind of a rundown of general news, little kind of you know small tidbits of stuff that's happening here and there. Sometimes it can be the entire show because there's really interesting stuff happening. Other times it'll be very, very short. All right. So first off, uh, for those of you who are gamers, uh, you probably have heard of the game Anthem. It came out, I think, August of 2019. It was supposed to be the Destiny Killer, and it turned out to not be the destiny killer in any way shape or form it looked really great the concept was pretty much straightforward but the execution was terrible um it's been a disaster ever since uh at some point i think bioware had like a planned like 2.0 sort of like a re-release almost um but they've scrapped that Uh, i think recently they did announce that they're going to be canceling the multiplayer servers and eventually they're just going to stop supporting the game altogether so the game will probably just die However, recently on the Xbox Game Pass, uh, they got together with EA and that was Anthem was one of the games that you could download. So I said, you know what? I never really played it. I never got to try it out during beta. And after its release was so catastrophic, I decided not to buy it. Uh, I decided to download it and it was massive. It was 80 gigs. And at first, second and seventh glance, it's a good looking game. The graphics are pretty straightforward. The environment is kind of pretty. Um, the cutscenes are actually pretty sharp, like the the the, uh, the face tracking, like for people's emotions and stuff, uh, looks really good. Voice acting was pretty decent. Um, what the character, what the game lacked more than anything, was like coherence and memorability. Memorabil- mem- I That's a word I just probably made up. The game just didn't have an impact. Uh, it wasn't like Destiny that had memorable characters like Cade and um, a big angry bald dude uh, whose name is escaping me right now. But it just didn't have any of that. Like I couldn't, I, I, I played the game for like three and a half hours and I don't know, there was nothing about the storyline that made any sense to me. Uh, there was no real cohesion in terms of like, hey, what you're doing has like an actual effect. At least I didn't see that. Maybe later on in the game, but whatever. Um, the only th- couple of things outside of the graphics that felt really good was the feeling of the different uh, javelin suits. So like each javelin suit felt very, very different from the ones that come before it. And the gunplay was pretty decent for a third-person shooter. The guns actually felt really good, and they sounded amazing. Like, when you were shooting an auto cannon or a shotgun, it fucking felt like it, which was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. But that's not enough to make it a good game. Uh, I really hope that, uh, you know, Bioware or literally anyone else at this point comes out with, you know, another version of Destiny, whether it be third person or first person. Um, but just something to break up the monotony of having Destiny taking, you know, I think they're on like their eighth or ninth year now. And they're just now revealing the the identity of characters that came out when the game released like that storyline writing for destiny was kind of wonky, but ultimately a decent game. I have, I think like 370 some odd hours in the game. It's not a lot, but I mean, it's a good amount of time and I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, Anthem really sucked. So I promptly deleted that, uh, in other video game news. And this was brought to you by our lovely producer mills. 
Uh, she's a big fan of a game called Dead by Daylight. For those of you who don't know what the game is, you're more than welcome to look it up. But basically, it's a party game-ish uh, where four survivors get into a map and they have to try to not be killed by a killer. Um, and they use a lot of famous uh, killers. So there's uh, like the shape from Scream. There's, uh, or no, I'm sorry. The shape is Michael Myers. I forget what the name of the one for Scream is, but it's basically the guy with the ghost face. Uh, ghosty face, apparently, is his name. Um, there's also Freddy Krueger. Uh, there's somebody else. I don't remember. I know they don't have Jason uh, because of something with the Friday the 13th game, something about the rights or whatever, but he's not in there. But they also have a bunch of other cool, unique uh, killers that they themselves, like the the developers for the game, made up. Um, and it's cool because the killers have their own mechanics. They have their own skills. So do the survivors. And the survivors have to work together, or at least it's implied that they have to work together as a team. I have sat down and watched her play long enough to know that there is oftentimes going to be somebody in the party who's just Rambo and they're just in it to survive on their own. Um, but what she wanted me to tell you guys, for those of you who do play or have been thinking about playing, on March 31st, they released a new killer and a new survivor. The new killer's name uh, is, and I think I'm pronouncing this right, Ji Woon Hak. Um, he is a Korean like K-pop star. His nickname is The Trickster. Uh, according to Millie, He's apparently really slow and has super weak weapons, so she's not too fond of him. Uh, but you can check out the show notes for more of his lore on the fandom wiki if you want to know more. Also, they included, like I said, a new survivor, which, if I remember reading correctly, I think she's his producer. Uh, and she essentially lives now with the torment and guilt of finding out that I think he's like a serial killer or something like that. I don't remember. Um, and I don't know what her what her passive abilities are, her active abilities are, if she has any like unique ones, but I'm sure they're there. Uh, but the art style is actually really cool. I think there's also a new map um, that comes with it and they change like the loading screen. So everything is like super neon and like there's fog everywhere. It's really, it's aesthetically very pleasing to the eye. Um, but yeah, go check it out. I think you might enjoy it. Uh, in other news, the Mars Perseverance uh, rover deposited his little buddy Ingenuity the other day. I think this was a couple days ago. For those of you who haven't been keeping up, the Mars Perseverance rover is our newest rover on Mars. Uh, it is enormous. It's 10 feet long. And it's I found out recently it's nuclear powered. Uh, apparently it uses some sort of proprietary uh, nuclear fission engine that burns tiny little nuclear pellets. Of, well, not nuclear pellets, but the pellets are radioactive material. I don't know if it's like uranium or plutonium or I don't know, some sort of one of the aniums, I guess. <laughs> uh but it did drop off its little tiny helicopter, Ingenuity. And for some of you who, you know, it's understandable if you're not into that kind of stuff. I'd like to impress upon you how big of a deal this is. If this works, if this little tiny drone-sized helicopter uh, can actually fly in the Martian atmosphere, which, by the way, is only 1%, I think, of, of Earth's atmosphere, that's a big deal. That's the first ever, uh, like, self-propelled aerial uh rover or aerial device if you will that's ever been flown on another planet we've, we've never you can obviously can't do it on the moon because the moon has no atmosphere um but we've never tried it on any other planet so we're going to try it on mars um and it's just great like that's super awesome we're gonna fly a freaking helicopter on the surface of mars and it's got cameras and stuff and it can take photos uh, and it can fly around it's got i think it's supposed to go pretty high like i think it can do like 120 or 200 feet um, so if we can get it right, 
that's going to be awesome because that means we can start sending future rovers with helicopters or other types of drones that we can try out um, and see what it's like because that way we can get you know better uh, better ground imaging or imaging of the horizon and stuff like that. So while the rover is you know driving along the ground, the little tiny helicopter or whatever can follow it and you know and take long range photos and video or whatever. And I think that's just super neat. Also, by the way, to put it into perspective how small this thing is, it's only four pounds and it's solar powered. The only difference between that and the drones that like your nephew or your little brother or something flies around is that this thing costs $85 million just for the little helicopter. Okay, just think about that. You could win the lotto. You could win a $100 million jackpot and after taxes, you still wouldn't be able to pay for this one little tiny helicopter. So put in perspective how expensive and how much time and engineering went into this little guy. Uh, I think he's supposed to fly for the very first time on the 11th. And I think today um, is the 8th, I believe. Uh, today, NASA got back uh, footage of the propellers spinning. Granted, super slow. It's just to test out that the motor can work. Um, but they're going to go through like a whole series of tests. And it's, it's really exciting for space nerds. Um, back on Earth, however, things are not as well. Uh, it turns out that... The Russians have been doing some weird stuff lately, guys. Uh, for those of you who don't listen to the news or who just don't really care about Russia, I think it's important to note that Russia's done two things recently that is scaring a lot of people. Um, number one, they're apparently amassing a ton of troops on the border with uh, with Ukraine. And that's got everybody with you know sweaty palms because uh, they're very, very concerned. Uh, I think in a statement... Vladimir Putin said that the Russian military can go anywhere it pleases within its borders, which, I mean, technically he's correct. It's like the American military. Nobody's going to tell us not to, you know, walk around inside of our borders. But it's kind of like, mm, you guys like annexed Crimea away from the Ukraine not too long ago. And that was not a move that a lot of people were too jazzed about. And now you've got a bunch of troops and tanks and stuff hanging out. I can understand why people are not, not, too, uh, not too wild about that. However, more importantly, there's also been a massive buildup of military infrastructure in the Arctic, which, you know, Russia shares, I think, or owns like the large, the, uh, they own the longest Arctic coastline in the world. Um, and one of the things that they've been doing, apparently, is that they've been testing out uh, a doomsday weapon or what they call a super weapon. Um, I'm going to find out the name for you of this thing. Uh, I know it's the Poseidon something. I'm going to tell you the exact name. Here we go. It's called a Poseidon 2M39. Uh, to put it in very basic context, it is literally a nuclear-powered stealth torpedo. All right. So, so look, I'm going to say that one more time because it bears repeating. It is a nuclear-powered stealth torpedo. So somebody in Russia looked at regular torpedoes and said, hmm, what if we put a nuclear reactor inside this and then make it really stealthy? Oh, and then we'll turn it into a nuclear bomb. Because, by the way, that's what it is. Uh, apparently, from what I read online, and this is a um, – I, I had the article with me the other day, and now I've subsequently lost it because I'm an idiot. Sorry, I was moving the microphone. Um some sort of weapons expert that spoke to CNN and uh, MSNBC. And I think, uh, who else was it? I think it was the Washington Post or the Washington Journal or something like that. 
essentially said that the goal of the 2M39 uh, Poseidon is to fly along the sea, the sea floor, like the bed of the sea, until it approaches a coast, like an enemy coast, and then it explodes. And the explosion, in theory, is supposed to be so big that it creates a tsunami. And not just any kind of tsunami. No, no. Mm-mm. A radioactive tsunami. So it literally wants to make a radioactive tidal wave that crashes into the shore of the coast of wherever it is that it blew up, essentially rendering all of those miles and miles of coastline entirely uninhabitable. And yes, for those of you who can still hear that, my studio door does sound like I live in Dracula's castle. I promise I'll get some WD-40 on that later. All right? That's not important right now. Anyways, back to the freaking nuclear-powered stealth torpedo. What the fuck, Russia? Like, really? I mean, I don't care whether it's practical or whether it even works. Who's doing that? Who's sitting around in Russia going like, Do you know what we need? We need we need nuclear-powered stealth torpedo in the ceiling. That's the only way we will scare the Americans. And somebody agreed with this person. Somebody was like, yes, that's exactly what we need. 100%, let's build it. Let's do it right now. And then they call it a super weapon. Which blows my mind because how is it a super weapon? I thought we had nuclear missiles. Aren't those super weapons? Do we need more super weapons? I don't think we do. I mean, we're doing a pretty good job of destroying the planet with, you know, with global warming and climate change. I don't really think we need nuclear bombs to help us out. I really don't. I mean... I don't know much about thermonuclear war, but I know that it's like a can of Pringles. Once you pop that shit, you can't stop. And everybody did. Everybody. And the ones who don't die are going to wish that they did initially in the blasts because the nuclear winter that gets left over. Yeah, that's not like a day at Discovery Zone, yo. That shit's going to suck really hard. Forever. Like forever, forever. Uh, Also, like modern nuclear missiles... They're terrifying because it's not just one boom. It's multiple booms because they carry something on the head of the missile called a MIRV, M-I-R-V. Stands for Multiple Independent Reentry Vehicle, I think. It's been a long time since I've read up on these things. But essentially, the concept is that one missile goes into the sky, separates, and then like 7 to 15 angrier, tinier nuclear missiles rain down on their targets. So... You know, you could take out an entire country's worth of, you know, civilian populations or military installations in like a couple minutes. And I'm not entirely sure that there's any way to actually intercept these missiles. And I don't think anybody has like a viable missile shield that I know of. And I hope we never have to find out if we do, because that would suck a lot. Um, But yeah, like Russia, I don't like, I don't get it. Like, we know that you're the bad guys. Not the Russian people, because I'm sure the Russian people are just sick and tired of, of, of you know, Vladimir's shit as much as everybody else. But they're not going to say anything because, you know, they want to live. But, like, dog, let's not mince words. Vladimir Putin's a dictator. Like, anybody who keeps changing the fucking laws and keeps moving the goalposts so he can continuously be president is a fucking dictator. Um, anybody who imprisons political rivals, you're a fucking dictator, bro. And anybody who is trying to create nuclear-powered stealth torpedoes... To make radioactive tsunamis is a dictator. All right. Um, Also, side note, uh, I call dibs on radioactive tsunami as my Beach Boys revival death metal band name. 
so you all y'all can just suck it. Like I call dibs on that. However, because you're my listeners and I love you, I am going to attempt to try to get somebody because I can't draw anything past maybe a stick figure. And it's questionable whether it's a stick figure. Okay. Um, I'm going to see if I can get somebody to make art to make a nuclear powered stealth torpedo t-shirt. So I don't know what the art's going to look like. I'd like to have some sort of like a skeleton surfing on like a green radioactive wave and then like have one of the long because I want to make it long sleeve because, you know, I like long sleeves. Um, but I want one of the sleeves to say nuclear powered stealth torpedo on it. So obviously you guys tell me what you think. If there's enough interest, yeah, we'll make it. Uh, if not, hopefully maybe the Patreons will be interested and we can make a very small limited run for you guys. Uh, if you don't know what Patreon is or you aren't aware of that, stay tuned later towards the end of the episode and I'll tell you all about our Patreon. It's actually kind of fun. Uh, I wanted to see if there was anything else. Mm. Oh, one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about briefly. Um, so at my job, which I'm, I'm not going to get into too much detail about what I do other than it's um, it's very it's a straightforward so somewhat repetitive job. I don't know why I added two S's to somewhat so somewhat it's somewhat repetitive. It is very technical. It's like I have to I have to pay very close attention to what I'm doing. Um, essentially, what we do is. For lack of a better term, we prepare uh, and qualify scanning devices for a government agency uh, i will not tell you which government agency but suffice it, suffice it to say that they are very important and intertwined with daily american life and we are producing uh scanning phones for them it's not like a top secret project but i just don't like talking about it you know um on this on this particular in this particular form of media just because you never know might upset somebody but what I've noticed lately, and I'm sure some of my coworkers who listen to this are going to be nodding their heads in agreement, is that it's kind of amazing how you'd think that for a project of the magnitude that we're dealing with, which is in the hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars, that there'd be a better line of communication between management and the, the other companies that are a part of this project who have auditors and supervisors uh, in our warehouse. But there isn't. I just see a lot of people trying to justify their salary, which is really annoying because then they just come up with asinine and idiotic excuses to say things that don't really matter. Um, and then you as an employee are given certain protocols that you're told to follow and that you have to make sure other people follow. And then when you try to tell those other people to follow them, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah cool story. And then they just go about their day and then you look like an ass. So it's just really annoying. I mean, I've experienced it in basically every field of work that I've ever been in from retail to auto mechanics to security. I mean, there's always, there's always some disconnect between the person at the top and the people who actually are performing the job. And it's so stupid because then they like, they bitch about results and they complain. And then you realize like, you know, if you had just asked us and I understand like chain of command for certain jobs, but like, if you had just asked, like if you had just been a person and just been like, hey, what's the deal with this whole thing? You'd get an answer right away most of the time, you know, but that's not the case. And so therefore we have a weirdly offset like workflow where only like one part of the warehouse is working and everybody else is just hanging out for the most part. Um, you know, they, they do their work as it comes to them because they're that efficient. And then they complain about them being efficient and tell them to slow down. It's the dumbest thing on earth. But I just wanted to vent about it. 
Um, and if you've had those experiences, you know, tell us about it. Uh, you know, send us a message on Instagram. Be like, hey, yeah, you know, my job, we do this dumb shit. Or at my job, this dumb thing happened because this supervisor didn't listen. Those stories are always fun. And it's kind of cathartic. I'm sure some of you would really enjoy writing them out and be like, oh, I feel better. I told somebody about this idiocy that I have to deal with at work. You know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it's just another way for you guys to interact. That's really what I'm looking for. I just want you guys to talk to us. We're so lonely. Um... I think that's basically going to be it for 10 items or less. I said this was going to be kind of a short episode, and it is. I think at max, this might be 20-something plus minutes. I'm going to try to keep it to that. Uh, however, this is the part where I'm going to give you guys a break from listening to my dumb voice. So go. Go grab some snacks. Go pee. Um, do some dishes. Argue with your significant other. Go play some video games. I'm going to give you a chance here to pause and then come back later. All right? Go and do the things I just told you to do. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. If you didn't already know, we host our podcast on Anchor FM. They offer us unlimited storage space, they have an easy platform, and they have very cool ways for our listeners to interact with us, actually. Listen to this one. You can leave us a voicemail. I know that sounds kind of old school, but think about that for a second. How cool is that? You can leave us, your podcast hosts, a voicemail. So do it, and it could possibly end up on a future episode. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash the dairy aisle slash message follow the instructions, we'll get notified, we'll listen to your message, and we can either play it on a podcast or we'll just respond to you. So it's kind of a cool way of talking to us. You can also listen to our podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash the dairy aisle. Now, all right, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed your snacks. I hope you had a good pee or whatever it is that you like doing in the bathroom, you freaking weirdos. Or, you know, you got some other stuff done and now you're back. It doesn't mean you have to listen to it, you know, continuously. You could have been driving. Maybe you had to honk or commit an act of road rage. Who knows? Anyways, the point is you're back and you're listening to my soothing voice. So now that we've arrived sort of at the end of the episode, uh, this is the new feature that I told you guys about, the new segment, um, where I wanted to tell you a little bit about what we're going to be doing. So we've got a book. And more importantly, when I say we, I mean me. And it's kind of a special book. Uh, it's basically older than time. And by that, I mean, uh, my parents have had it since I was but a wee lad. And it's just followed me everywhere. It followed me to our first apartment. It followed me to work. It's followed me here home to, you know, to our new house. Uh, and I was going through it recently. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of be interesting. Um, it's called The Book of Questions. It's by Dr. Gregory Stock. And it is, I think, like 100 or 200 and something like it's like 198 or 210 questions or something like that. Um, and they're just all kinds of different questions. Some of them are silly. Some of them are really serious. Uh, and what I figured was I would pick out a bunch. And once per episode at the end of the episode, I would ask the question. I'll answer it. And then that way we can post that question on Instagram and have you guys interact and answer it yourselves. You never know. You, you might be like, oh, my God, I love that question. I want to answer the hell out of that. That's going to be an interesting conversation piece. And you can ask your friends, your family, your coworkers, people you hate, the person who you committed an act of road rage on. You never know. All right. So if you bear with me for a moment, I'm going to look for an applicable question, one that we all like, or one that I like, because I really don't care what anybody else likes. And I'll ask it. Here we go. It's in here somewhere. Where the hell? Come on. It's all right. Uh, ah. Got it. All right. All righty. Let's see. Yeah, that one's not bad. Hmm. 
You know what? This one's actually kind of interesting. All right. We don't have to go in order here. All right. Question number 10. Which sex do you think has it easier in our culture? And have you ever wished you were the opposite sex? hey First time out. Already talking about to sex. All right. So first part of the question asks, which sex do you think has it easier in our culture? I mean, hands down, men have it easier for just a absolute mountain of reasons. Uh, but I think in some ways, I mean, I, I, I'm not dumb enough to say it's equal because it's really not. But there are some things that women have easier than men do and vice versa. Um, and I guess it also depends on context and where you are. But like, it seems to me, and I could be wrong, and I, I might very well be, and I'm okay with being wrong in my wrongness. But I feel like when it comes to, as an example, uh, dating, right? And not like in the weird, creepy way, like, I'm going to fucking message you, you know, on a chat and fucking tinder or something and ask you for a nude right away i mean like you know social gatherings pre-covid hopefully soon post-covid just meeting people i feel like women have an easier time than men um and i don't know if it's because they're women or because it's kind of just expected that the guy is the one to make the first move but you just sit there and if you are even mildly good looking not even a knockout you don't even have to like if we're gonna use that horrible rating scale i mean you could be less than an eight or a seven and guys will still hit on you you know and maybe not even hit on you in like the gross you know weird way i mean just they'll come and talk to you and you never know sometimes that sparks up an interesting conversation and boom you know you're off to the races so to speak for guys it's a little bit harder i think just because we have to at least for the most part and again i could be wrong we have to like actively go out and try to find, you know, a mate uh, in the dating game. We have to try to find somebody that we're attracted to and hope that they're attracted to us and that we don't say the wrong thing and they think we're idiots or serial killers and then hope that all the pieces come together. Um, again, I could be completely wrong about that and I'm okay with being wrong about it. If I am, educate me. Otherwise, ladies of, of our podcast and of Instagram and Facebook, please tell me. Um, I mean, no offense of any kind, please. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or sound like an ignorant, you know, ass. If I am, tell me. Other than that, I mean, like, women have it really hard. You know, men definitely have it easier. I mean, if I have to go into the reasons why men have it easier, you're just not paying attention as a man. But women have it way harder for any number of reasons. I mean, look, alone. The fact that as out of the two sexes, you're the only one that has to worry about walking home or to your car at night or fuck it at any time of the day, because it can happen at any point. But the fact that that's a, like an actual concern of yours, I have never as a man in my life since the day I got my first car, I have never had to worry about going out anywhere ever. I don't have to worry about what it's going to be like when I go to a store. I don't have to be like on full alert when I'm walking back to my car from somewhere out of a store or out of a venue of any kind. I never have to worry about any of that shit. I could literally park my car ass backwards in a dark alley and it could be raining and I could walk over there with no umbrella fucking just dancing and I wouldn't have to worry about a thing because I know that statistically I'm going to nine times out of 10, I'm going to make it in my car a hundred percent. Okay. And the 10th time won't even be anything bad. It'll be like a, a hobo who like wants to trade like dick pics for a hamburger or something. Who knows? 
And that'll be it. I'll just be like, fuck off, you weirdo, and get in my car and leave. But women, you ladies, oh my God. I can't like I can't imagine the anxiety that some of you constantly have to live with. I know it sounds fucked up, but like I feel like COVID has given some of you sort of like a little break from that because you've gotten to some of you have gotten to work from home or like just the lack of people who were on the streets during like, you know, peak quarantine was kind of nice. But still, like that day to day anxiety of like, well, today could be it. Today could be the day I get kidnapped or today I could be the day I get R worded. You know, I'm not, I don't like saying that word out loud. So, um, you know, like that, that sucks. Like that's really terrible. And I, I've kind of always like played with the idea and I'm sure that somebody has already done this, but I've sort of always toyed with the idea of having a company that provides, um, like safety escorts, like an Uber, you know, like it's late at night. You're, you're at a bar, you're at a restaurant or whatever. And you know, you're shopping late at the mall and you're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go. I'm parked all the way in like a dark part of the fucking parking lot or something. It's like an Uber thing. You go and you pay a small fee and somebody shows up and it's like one or two dudes or something. And it's usually bigger guys. Um, hell, it could even be other chicks, you know, if like chicks who like to work out or they're into like, you know, MMA or whatever. They're, they're off duty cops or whoever wants to do it. And they escort you until they become the predators. No, we're not going to do that. But you know, I think it'd be a, an interesting concept. I'm sure it needs a lot of tooling and working. And some of you probably are listening to that going, oh, this guy's a moron. Like that would never work. I mean, if it doesn't tell me why I'd like to learn more. I'm, I don't, you know, I don't doubt that you might have some reasons why my idea is bad, but tell me otherwise my idea is awesome. Um, but that's basically it. Oh, and then I forgot the other second part of the question. Have I ever wished that I was the opposite sex? Of course I have. 100%. I wish that I was the opposite sex for a number of reasons, mostly out of curiosity. Um, but I don't feel like that curiosity would be, you know, satiated because it would still be me. Like it would still be my male brain with my male memories and my male consciousness inside of a female body. Um, so I wouldn't, I'd only be, I'd only get to experience one part of the equation. I'd never get to know what it actually feels like. I would have to become a female and stay as a female for like an extended period of time to have to go through that, like to see what it is y'all feel and like build that anxiety and build those thoughts and all those, you know, scenarios that you guys probably have to go through in your heads. Um, I'd have to experience pay inequality when I go to negotiate a salary or a wage. Um, you know, I'd have to deal with probably an endless amount of unwanted DMS <laughs> and friend requests and horrible pictures of people's penises that nobody wants to see. Um, I probably also have to deal with people not ever taking me seriously inside of hobbies because that's a thing that women face. Um, I'd have to deal with horrible stereotypes. Um, shopping for clothing must be a pain in the ass. I can only imagine. Um, the fact that y'all have had to make it a thing where like somebody comments on a dress or a pair of pants and you're like, Oh my God, it has pockets. It's the cutest thing ever when you do that. But like on the real, I'm pretty sure that the pants people are in cahoots with the purse people and the purse people are like, you know what? Can you make pants with pockets that are too small to be functional and that way they have to buy purses? And they're like, yes, we will. Give us like a 3% cut of all purse sales and we'll do it. I'm telling you, it's the Illuminati. Anyways, that being said, I think this episode has gone on too long. I'm going to let you go so you can go do more important things and listen to my dumbass. Uh, as always, Shoppers, please take your purchases to the front of the store. It is now closing. You don't have to stay here. Actually, you can't stay here, but you don't have to go home. So you can go wherever you want. 
But you can't be here because we're leaving. We're closing. But the people got to go home. They got stuff to do. All right? So thank you for listening to another episode of The Dairy Isle. As always, I'm super glad that you're able to join us every other week. Well, now, actually, with our new schedule, you're going to be joining us once a month as we discover cool people and cool topics and just general buffoonery that I can bring to you. And as always, stay tuned to our Instagram for information on all things Dairy Isle from current episodes, episode content, uh, sneak peeks into upcoming episodes. And again, it's more listener interaction. It's really what we're looking for. If you're interested in going to our Patreon and you want to donate any of your hard-earned dollar-dollar bills, and I know some of them have been lately kind of hard to come by, you can head out, uh, or sorry, head over to our Patreon and check us out. We're over at patreon.com slash the Dairy Isle. You can also just Google Patreon space the Dairy Isle and it should come up. And you can look at all the cool different tiers that we have. Uh, we're going to be obviously readjusting some of them now with a new format. But essentially there's going to be cool stuff. You can make one-time donations. You can make monthly contributions. It's really up to you. I think right now we have a one, a one five and I think a $10 tier. I have to talk to management and see what that's looking like. Uh, but again... If you can't donate anything, that's fine. Just leave us a review on iTunes. That's really super helpful. If you can leave us a, a review with however many stars you think we deserve and a quick little review, that's all we're looking for. And if you do want to donate money, that's great. Well, uh, I guess with that noise, we're going to call it a day. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye.